everyone. Welcome back to Slacks, a queer podcast about uh, three London lesbians. Um, we choose a different topic to speak about each week um, that we like to talk about and hopefully you like to listen to. My name is Mallory. I'm Mathilde. And I'm Darina. We are reporting to you live today um, from Zoom. So all three of us are sitting in our homes, uh, social distancing, while Matilda and I drink a beer, and Darina sips on a whiskey, and yes. that is life these days. So ladies, how, how have you both been through everything that's going on with COVID? Well, I just want to flag that like listening to our last episode with Harriet is like listening to some kind of pre-doomsday like time capsule because we literally had no idea what was just about to happen. Like Harriet's talking about all the festivals that she's going to be doing this summer. We were going to go to one of her festivals. I was talking about, oh, by the time people listen to this, I'm going to have done a boxing match. I had a birthday. Like all of this stuff was just about to happen. We did shake elbows on, on the day though. So stuff was there in the background. It was in the background, but we had like, no, I mean, how could we know? We had no idea like what was properly about to kick off. Every day was just like something new was escalating with it. And every day it got a bit more serious. And, and I'm like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I shouldn't be judging people for like, clicking ankles right now do you know what I mean like it just yeah see how fast it all happened yeah and I remember like I remember the the kind of the atmosphere in the recording studio the last one that we did with Harriet was it just felt a little strange because we weren't able to hug each other like we weren't able to like and you guys met Harriet for the first time and you weren't able to like hug her and it felt so stilted and odd to me that we weren't able to do the most natural thing that we always do when we see each other yeah yeah, I think it was um yeah it it was definitely the beginning of some very weird experiences I think but but yeah how's your lockdown going Matilda? I think I'm slowly (laughs) losing touch with reality I think um I am watching a lot of Netflix. I mean, I'm working, right? So I'm convinced that my workmates are now my, like, close friends, which (laughs) I like the guys, but it was never like that before lockdown. And I now, like, genuinely look forward to, like, the stand-up in the morning with my friends. (laughs) So that's interesting. Um, And I'm watching just so much Drag Race. And I feel like they also are all my friends. And I find myself like speaking more and more and more like the drag queens. And yep. I'm calling everyone bitch. Or by everyone, I mean Stephanie and the cat. <laughs> and it doesn't always get received very well. I'm, sure. I'm putting I'm more sure. makeup on on a daily basis and no one gets to see it. But I am considering contouring. I'll be looking up videos of like, contouring my nose. I'm going to start contouring my nose. You can contour your nose. Yeah, you can contour your nose to like make it change shape. And I just want to experiment, you know, like it works on the drag queens. Do you have it right now? I don't have it on because I'm expecting a contouring kit. Through the oh, I see. Oh, cool. Okay. Will you let me know how that goes? I, I do my own contouring, but I don't, um, not, not for my nose. I just do the basic like cheekbone stuff. And yeah. 
nose, chin, you know. I've never done it. It kind of all started with like highlighting. And now I've, I've, I've got on the way a highlighter and then a contouring kit. And I've realized that is all down to like how much I'm watching um, RuPaul's Drag Race. But I'm not, this bitch's not sorry. <laughs> and also I have had to like, I've cut myself off from buying unnecessary shit because the first like, the first, I mean, I don't even know what week we're in now, um, but at least the first- 500. Week, week 500 easily. At least the first like two weeks, I was just like buying stuff to make myself feel like good. Like I love a bit of self-care anyway, but I had to cut myself off from the Liberty sale because I bought so much stuff from like ASOP, which you cannot see because- a, it's a Zoom call, and B, anyone listening to this will be listening to audio only. But I'm just going to say my living room smells like a spa right now, and I'm not. That's not a bad thing. Really, not a bad thing at all. I speaking of self care, I have just I've been doing all the face masks. I've been doing like all of the exfoliating. Um, I've been absolutely loving your birthday gift to me, Matilde. The toilet paper. (laughs) Not the toilet. I mean, I love the toilet paper. I had a birthday on the 17th of March, which was, was that the day after like proper lockdown or like, it was very close to the week. It was the week of proper lockdown for sure. It was the week of, and I think nobody really knew how how or what this really was. So I had a birthday that, it was a great birthday. It was a very solo birthday up until we all got on a video call and, and got drunk, which was which was amazing. But uh, my point being, Matilde and Steph dropped some wonderful gifts around uh, to my flat from a, a good social distance. One of which was a roll of toilet paper, which, I mean, it was a hot commodity at the time. It still is now. And some, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Dr. Hotchka? Yeah, Dr. Hoshka, I think. Dr. Hoshka, like rose essence, which I've just been bathing in that every stuff is day. Good. Absolutely nice. amazing. What's it about? Like a body wash or a... It's like it's a rose bath essence. Like a bath oil that you sprinkle on your bath. So good. Like amazing. So, Matilda, you've been um, learning drag makeup and drag lingo yeah. and, and feeling possibly uncomfortably close to your workmates. Valerie, how have you been doing? Um, well, it's been interesting. So I think we're in the, four, are we in the fourth week now? Are we going into the fourth or the fifth week? Whatever, it doesn't matter. And I don't know. <laughs> going into the second week of quarantine, my boss made an announcement that everybody was getting a 50% pay cut. So that was really interesting. Thanks um, so much. super drastic super quickly um so that was just like a bit of a hit to the teeth and or a punch in the face or a kick to the balls whatever you want to call it um all of them one time all of them all of them and like obviously no one in my office took it well and the company is more or less an american company and i think that that's just something that's normal to do in america but obviously it's it's not here and you know it just makes you think you know, um, how crazy and how much of a ripple effect the economy and, and just people not doing things normally really has an effect on everything. Um, mm-hmm. but other than that, like we've been pretty good. So having a baby in quarantine has been pretty interesting. Um, to be honest, I don't think that our lives 
have changed that much because having a baby anyway, which Matilde, you'll see very soon, you, you're, you're already kind of in a form of quarantine. You're home all the time. You're with a baby. You're either going out for walks. It's not like you're doing like a ton of socializing, although we do miss going to cafes and, you know, excuse me, going out for coffees or things like that. Um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm liking it though. Weirdly, I am, I am kind of liking being in this, in this kind of space that makes you reevaluate things and just slow down. I really enjoyed slowing down and just taking stock, being with my family, chilling, you know, yeah. talking to people, um, doing zoom calls is nice. Like I think the zoom calls with more than like four people gets to be a little bit too much, but it's still nice to connect with people. And yeah, I, I honestly, I weirdly, I've been enjoying it. I think that's really important to actually acknowledge because against the obviously significant backdrop of, um, you know, a lot of really horrible things that are happening at the minute, most definitely. Um, I think it's really important to kind of acknowledge and to sit with the positives of yeah. what are coming out of the situation. And, and I felt really quite similar that um, it's, I mean, I'm a natural introvert anyway. So I enjoy my own company and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much fine I'm on my own. And what I really enjoyed is just stepping off the hamster wheel for a couple of weeks and just, I mean, I am working from home. It has been definitely different, but I'm kept busy during the day, but obviously I have a lot of extra time at, at weekends and the evenings and, and just stepping off the whole, um, you know, train of like commuting, meetings, um, gym in the evenings, dinner with friends, even podcast recordings, like everything that's just like, go, go, go. Everything is just stopped. And it's given me so much time back to sit and think and to really appreciate the fact that I don't need to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. No one is expecting anything from me apart from my employers. Um, and it's been really nice. It feels like a good thing in lots of ways, I think. Yeah. I it's giving you life. Well, I mean, look, I, I, but I, I think that like commuting, just taking that as one thing is something that I find, I don't think I realized it at the time, but I find it incredibly draining. So stressful. It is just getting on the tube is such an energy sucker. And um, even just interacting with people is so exhausting. I think because I'm in a position where I manage a lot of people. So I just, I find it tiring. I think people in general are like energy suckers and, and not in a bad way. I mean, I obviously love my team, but I just, I think that um, it's just nice to kind of do something differently. And, and I really believe that out of COVID, this will change the way people do things or the way that people work or like things, I don't know if things will ever, things will go back to normal, but I, I think that there will be more acceptance and tolerance of people working from home, of, you know, putting your health first, um, you know, things like that. I hope it's helping to, it definitely has made me reevaluate more what's essential and what's important and like all of the stuff that I can do without like 
the going out for dinner. I mean, yeah, it's nice to go out for dinner, but I'm really enjoying cooking more. I'm really enjoying kind of trying to make things last as long as possible because I don't really fancy some days like going out and going to get stuff from the supermarket because I, f- I find it quite stressful to go in there and just and also like spending time with your family and I don't know I think also the value of like how important it is to have your own time if you're self-isolating with someone else I think it's very easy like when you're in a couple to just kind of go oh great all this time together let's just like work next to each other and like be on top of each other and like all this kind of stuff and actually be on top of each other I mean, <laughs> be on top of each other. No, but that's, <laughs> that's fine for like a few days. And then after a while, it's really hard not for like things to just kind of blur. And because you're not leaving the house, you're not doing anything else. You're not having that kind of break where you're like, oh, hang on, here's me, you know, walking to the tube with my own thoughts and listening to whatever I'm into, my podcasts and whatever, and like relating to other people. And all it is is that you and this other person all the time it really at least for me has made it really really important to create my own little space and and how I need that for my mental health and so I've been really like experimenting with like building my own little space and that boundary yeah and I'm really hoping and I'm really gonna take that into the post-quarantine world and it, it together with like the cooking things trying to cook things from scratch making things last longer uh, doing like more intelligent shopping um, and then just kind of building my my own little spaces within the house. Like that's, mm. that's definitely, mm. I've definitely found more positive stuff in this quarantine than negatives. And the, mm. the caveat is I'm very fortunate not to have been sick so far. So yeah, obviously that's a whole different thing, but in this non-sick status, I have found more positive than negatives, I have to say. Yeah. But I, I realized that I'm quite lucky in this. I think that's a, a, actually a really good tip because before we um, started recording, we were having a quick chat about well, what we wanted to chat about. And we wanted to kind of touch on people who are having all different kinds of experiences in, um, in, their, in their living situations and in their personal lives in, in, this, in these strange times. And I think that's a super important tip, Matilda, is if you are cohabiting with a partner, that boundaries are still important and like new boundaries will come out of this situation and just finding what works for you guys in a brand new situation that is completely unprecedented and and making it work for you and making it feel like a positive experience. Yeah, I mean, your partner has suddenly become your workmate and like your, you know, like everything else. And I think what was, yes, boundaries are always important, but at the moment, I think those physical boundaries are even more important because so many of us are like in, constricted in small spaces and that's just a happy relationships. Like, you know, people that have difficult relationships, that's much, much harder. And I constantly think about like what it must be like for people that are having a difficult time in their relationships um, or a breaking point before the quarantine. Now they haven't, you know, they have no escape and, and, you know, they're kind of constricted into this space together for no, not wanting to. And that must be incredibly hard. And um, yeah. That's actually a really good segue into what we want to discuss. But before we jump into that, I do want to say that we are, 
very privileged individuals, the three of us, that we all have jobs, that we haven't been let go, that we're not working on the front lines, that you know um, we aren't sick or no one that we know has become seriously ill. So I just wanna just take a moment just to say that we are very, very fortunate and that we're not in those situations. Um, because very fortunate and very thankful. Yeah, very absolutely. Cool. And it's it really makes you realize that I think at the moment even more because you only have to sort of turn on the TV or look at the internet or open a paper to see that that's not the case for the vast majority of of whatever country you live in. The amount of people that have become unemployed like I think there was something crazy like in America I think 17 million people have lost their jobs it's like 30 percent of the workforce here how many people have lost their jobs? I don't know the number. A uh, shitload. <laughs> it's a lot. I think it's like close to 30% as well. Like it's a lot of people. Um, so we're really, really fortunate. And and yeah, and I guess just kind of j- diving in, I mean, there have been a lot of really interesting things that have come out of COVID. I think there was something in China, like the divorce lawyers became like incredibly slammed because, or family law family lawyers, because the amount of people who were stuck in, in, in isolation with one another um, came out and were just like, I can't, I don't want to be with this person anymore. I know, I read that. I thought that was quite funny, actually. Like, <laughs> but it's I true, honestly, though. What it does, it just kind of brings like an absolute focus light onto, you know, all the kind of excuses or escapism that we used before that the, the outside world could offer now is no longer there. So you have to focus 100% on what is within your walls. And if that's a relationship that it just hasn't been going well for a little while or or a difficult relationship with yourself, even if you're on your own and all that kind of stuff, that stuff is going to need work. And like, yeah. and, and there's no time like right now to do it because we don't know when this is going to end. And, um, and you kind of have to make your day-to-day easier by kind of doing some work on it. But I think what I found amazing is how so many um, professions have moved online quite so easily so like I'm doing my weekly therapy on video call now which has been working okay I know lots of people are doing that as well I dialed in a video call with the um the Stephanie's hairdresser and she talked me through um giving her a haircut amazing which that was interesting but um but there's Wait, so have many you actually done the haircut now yeah I've done it I've like literally like I've done the professional hair. We we bought like hairdressing scissors delivered. Um, and then we'd put like a, a ton of bin bags on the floor, put a chair in the middle, and then we had like zoomed in the uh, hairdresser who used her husband as like the, the guinea pig. And the both of them were incredibly hangover because it had a zoom birthday the night before, so they were like so hangover and like eyes bloodshot. And like she, yeah, she talked me through each bit and she was like, lift that bit, cut that bit and make sure you cut it with like points first and not across. And we did it. And look, it was not the worst. Wait, when Steph came to our house to look for the the internet router, was she, was that her haircut? Yeah, Yeah, you did a pretty good job, actually. There you go. I mean, look. I didn't notice it as like, (laughs) wow, her hair looks shit. Like she just looked good. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was not shit, and I'm really proud of myself. And I cut myself three times, and I cut her hair once. <laughs> but apart from yeah. that, seriously, I cut myself on the knuckle, and it's been bleeding for like the last week. But apart from that, it's been fine, and I think she was happy with it. But also, like, I was on a call earlier, and um, with a lady that lives in New York, and so we're kind of just catching up about um, 
you know, what it's like in London versus New York. And she said that her saving has been the fact that in New York, you can get cocktails delivered. Wait, really? Delivered here too. Really? Yeah. Where? Who? Tell me. Not from like the bars. Vic Vic sent me a link of a company that does cocktail delivery. Friend of the pod? Yeah, friend of the pod. Um, Uh, I need that link. Yeah, right yeah, away. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. And apparently they're a lot stronger than what you'd get in a bar because people aren't like trying to not get you too drunk or anything. That they just don't mind. They're just doing like proper pourings. And so you just get this like lethal concoction to your doorstep. Especially in America, man. They they just do free pour. It's like in Italy, like free pour. And here I'm like, you're being a bit stingy. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, here it's just like the cocktails are just like not that strong. But um for, but for then, one for one whole minute there. For one whole minute there, I forgot that we were record, we were recording the podcast and I was just like, we're just like catching up, just like having a chat. <laughs> but we are recording a podcast. So back to what we were um <laughs> to what we were talking about. Can you guys like what would you guys do? Because I've been trying to kind of imagine this scenario. If you were in like a situation with a partner where you know, you know that like the writing is pretty much on the wall. Let's just like assume that you're living together. The writing's kind of on the wall. It's like, right, well, we're probably going to call it a day. And then quarantine hits. Do you follow through or do you just wait it out? God, that's so hard to... I guess it depends what your option... Like if you have options, like let's say you have parents living in the country that you can reach, then maybe now's the time to go and like quarantine with your parents. Um, or if that's not an option, then maybe hopefully you have enough space to be able to sleep in different beds or, Mm. but maybe now's the time to some like big, deep and meaningfuls. I don't, I think like, yes, you're partially right, but it also depends on the state of the relationship. Like how badly do you want to get out of the relationship? I think if, you know, if you really like hate the person or if it's just like something you can't live with anymore, or if it's a little toxic or a little abusive, then yeah, you need to get out whether you have a place to go or not. Um, Cause you can always find a solution for a place to stay. Um, but yeah, it totally depends. Or do you, do you try to work it out or do you try to kind of sit there and, 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 and evaluate your relationship and maybe not work it out, but at least talk through why things aren't working or, you know, really, because if you're you're stuck in, in confinement for so long, you're either going to like, you have to shit or get off the pot, right? So, you know, you yeah. need to either work it out or or just leave. I don't know. It's a hard one. What would you do, Dorina? It is a really difficult one. Um, God, I find it really hard to like answer my own question. I think, I mean, it's, it's hard to give a, like a stock answer. It would depend heavily on the individual situation. If it was a case that I had an option to leave and go elsewhere, I would follow through on it. If it was, you know, a decision that I had made. Um, if it was a case, though, that um, that you know, it was it was not going to be a good breakup, as in it was going to be right. We we need to not be around each other like right now. Um, I would need an option to to go somewhere else, but I know that like not everyone is going to really have that option. Um, but I think no matter what, if you are 
in this situation, um, I think no matter what decision that you come to or what you decide to do in your relationship is, is take this time to put yourself first. And if that means like dialing up the self-care or ordering cocktails or doing extra Zoom calls with family and friends or taking up running or whatever like comfort and coping mechanisms that you have ever had before, I think now is the time to just double down on whatever it is that they are. If that's watching old movies or books or whatever it is, try and incorporate that into what you're doing to a higher level now. And I think, I think kind of overall as well, it's important to mention that I think there's a lot of noise in the media, et cetera, at the minute to using this time productively and, I think there can be a certain amount of pressure on people to come out of this situation having learned a new skill or learned a new language or redecorated their house or homeschooled their kids to the best degree ever. And I think it's so important to recognize that nobody has to do any of those things. All we have to do is come out of this healthy, um, physically healthy and mentally healthy as best we can. No one has to come out of this being, you know, some kind of superhuman. With a six-pack. People have survived it is kind of superhuman. It's good enough. And that your mental health is not too sort of diminished by all. Because I think the mental health aspect of it is a big one, I think, at the moment. Because we're all dealing with, like, complete uncertainty. And that can be really tough. Beyond, even if you have a happy situation at home, it's it's you know, the not knowing and and everything changing around you and the constant like death toll going up and up and that constantly being bombarded from the media can take its toll on anyone. Like, Yeah, and I I think that there's been a a little bit of a movement with people um, not subscribing to the news anymore, just not watching it, turning it off. Like I, I think I stopped actively reading COVID stories three weeks ago. I mean, I, I checked yeah. in on the the count of cases and deaths and things like that. Um, but that's just like, a, that's enough. Like, we know that we're supposed to stay indoors. We know that our objective is to stay healthy. We know that we need to um, alleviate the people getting brought into hospitals. Like, we know all of that. Um, so I guess it's like, I guess to your point earlier, Dorina, you know, it's been interesting to hear stories. Like, I'm so grateful that I have a four-month-old and not a a five-year-old or a six-year-old in school where I have to do homework. Like that would be devastating. I see some (laughs) of our neighbors and they're just like, we do not know what the fuck to do with our children. Like they both have full-time jobs. They have two children who are doing, one's in school age, so they have to actually do homework and do things like that. And the other one is just like a terror that you need need to like occupy all day because all the nurseries are shut. so and you're still paying for nursery. Like so many people are still paying for nurseries, not maybe full price, but even just that. Are they? Yeah, yeah. So many people's nurseries are like, oh, you got to pay 50%. So people are still paying for nurseries. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That helps them out building. It's nuts. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think whatever people have to do to maintain their mental health is probably the most important. And I And I agree, like, cooking is great. Like the fact that no one can go out to eat. Most of our favorite places aren't even delivering anymore, you know? So you just have to cook. Yeah. 
Yeah, completely agree. And I think as well, I think there's um, there's an element that it's a really good time maybe to be spontaneous. And what I mean by that is I've heard plenty of stories of people who were like dating people for like three or four weeks and then just decided, fuck it, let's do it together. Let's cohabit together. Let's quarantine, queer in time, you hold together. Really? I'm not sure I would recommend it, but I've definitely heard of it happening. I mean, it's like lesbian you hold times a thousand. It was always going to be quick anyway, but can you imagine just like three, four weeks and then just go, okay, we're going to live. But, I mean, you have to make that choice. It's like, well, will I like not see you for another like six weeks or however long? By then the flame might have kind of just gone a little bit or should we just give this a go? And I think I would do it. If I, I think I would. I would. Yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck is there to lose? I either, I can leave a whole house of housemates or a flatmate who will be glad to have one less person in the house, or that's it. Or just have somebody, you know, just why not? Just give it a shot. And yeah, and worst comes to worst, if it doesn't work out and you get ill, they can, like, nurse you back to health or something. Or, like, go and get you shopping. I actually agree. I think there's plenty of positives to this situation. The one caveat I will say, though, is if it's a situation where you're moving in with your date, girlfriend, partner, whatever, after a very short period of time, and you're leaving a house situation that you can't go back to, I think that's that's kind of a little bit different. If it's a case that, you know, you both have house shares or whatever, and you're just going to basically just spend the time with them, I think that's different to, you know, well, I'm going to hand my notice into my landlord, stop paying rent, move in, move in. Because, I mean... That's a little bit of a difficult situation to then reverse back from. So I think we're talking about um, either the full whack moving in, as in I'm now on your lease and and I live here, or just choosing to spend the time with someone that you've been dating for a short period of time. One is better than the other. Yeah, I think the lease might be a little bit overkill. Um, It's happening though. Yeah. What other what other things do you think are coming out of COVID? Um, I hear that like um, video dating is a thing. I've heard of a lot of people who have done it, and I think it's great. Um, a really close friend of ours it has. We actually helped her set up her uh, camera and lighting. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> And like hair, makeup, we're like, this is the color, like this color looks great on you. This is what you're <laughs> wearing. Um, you know, and it's like, but she, you know, glad that she did it because there, there was this guy that she was talking to for a while and she kind of quickly realized that like, there's no chemistry. It's like, meh, moving on. So she never had to like go and make a date with this person. I think it's great. I think that's how dating should go. Instead of like giving your energy and spending money on somebody you don't even know, you just go on an online date and that's it then you realize like you can see quickly like do i find you attractive and are you funny and is there chemistry yes no okay great and still wear track pants yeah (laughs) i'm wearing track pants right now there's nothing wrong same our our outing was going to pick up our vegetable box down the road (laughs) (laughs) do you think though do you think you can tell chemistry when you're not physically next to someone I think you can tell if you like the person or not. 
like if you like them and who they are maybe mm. not chemistry but there's yeah maybe not chemistry but you can just say you, can, you know like if you generally yeah. Yeah. like somebody enough you know and sense yeah. of humor is a massive part of chemistry as well and obviously it's all well and good being funny on text but like when you're face to face you're kind of forced to just like your sense of humor comes out and if Absolutely. that just doesn't yeah. match then then the chemistry people, I even remember dating some some people are really good behind the like you know uh <laughs> words emails text messages like really clever and, and they can't back it up happens. exactly and then you and you know and then people get like shunned who aren't good for being good you know clever behind a text message or an email yeah and yeah it just I, I just think get it in person or do like a face to, or like a zoom chat or something like that yeah I think um there's like you can there's like a bit of a graduation though as in you match with someone on an app or whatever and then you have like the text conversation but then you move to voice notes yeah that's the step in between and exactly there's the step in between and then if you're into it then you can do a video chat but I I recommend the step in between because that's fun because then you get to hear like someone's voice you get to like um you can tell a lot by someone's voice. You can tell a lot like about, you know, their sense of humor, like their comic timing, like plus voices are fucking nice. And like voices are important when you're cut off from everybody else. But like maybe I'm old fashioned, but why not just pick up a phone and call them instead of leaving? Because that's hard. Like, can you imagine having only ever texted somebody and then going, hey, I'm going to call you. You need, you need the, Matilda's with me. I can see her. She's, like, she's what about me. the 90s? That's all we fucking <laughs> said. I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of quite like that because it's just, it, I would like that because it's a bit of a confident power move. And I think that would be quite hot. I think that's like what, that's, that's, I think that is hot. Pick up the phone. I think nowadays to pick up the phone and call someone <laughs> is a confident move because it's quite, unusual is it at the beginning at the beginning of a relationship it is when you've only been texting yeah oh absolutely I keenly remember the first time that I spoke to like pretty much everybody I've been in a relationship with on the phone it's like it's a big deal it's like you've got like sweaty pants you're like oh my god what if I like say something stupid it's like it's a big deal but D, your accent doesn't come across on text so you need to like serve them treat them with that accent like Otherwise, it's a waste. It goes to waste. I I actually have been told that I sound more English than Irish through my voice notes. So, I mean, he, is is that an Irish person that said that? Is that a compliment no, or an insult? Way? Is that a compliment <laughs> or an insult? Because I love Irish accents. So yeah. Oh, it's not. It's not a. Um, it's not an insult. It's not an insult at all. I'm just not English, but I love England. England has been incredible for me. Um, but I do love the fact that I have an Irish accent and I'm losing it. You definitely have an Irish accent. You have an Irish accent. Thanks, Matilda. It was an American that told me I sounded more English than Irish. That's because but what do Americans know? Americans. What do Americans know? <laughs> Says the American. So somebody asked me, actually, a couple of, uh, speaking of Irish accents, somebody asked me um, a couple of days ago, was I not tempted to go back to Ireland to kind of sit out the whole quarantine? The situation over there is 
um, pretty similar. It's actually less severe in terms of um, in terms of impact, I think, in lots of ways. But the, the you know, it's still very much locked down there as well. And um, this person asked me, was I not tempted to go back to Ireland to to see it out? And I thought about it. For, well, what I thought about it is. Um, I thought about why I wasn't in the least bit tempted to do that. And I thought about how, what it would be like, as in I would be very much bored. I would be spending a lot of time with family. I would be spending a lot of time indoors. Um, I'd be very much cut off from my life, everything. And then I was like, it would be like me going back to being a teenager again, to going back to being like 16, 17, 18. And I think there's been a lot of people who have not been fortunate enough to stay where they've made their life um, and have not been fortunate enough to, to be able to continue that and have had to essentially regress to back to homes that they might have left under maybe pretty unhappy circumstances. They've had to go back and live with homophobic um, parents. Um, back maybe in the closet, like, almost. Back in the closet. Some people aren't out to their families. and They've had to go from being completely out for however many years to going back into the closet. Um, they might be encountering people from school that they planned on never seeing again because maybe they were bullied and now they're being... And face with them again, and I think it's it's really tough prospect to even think about that and and how people are are even dealing with it. And I think there's been a lot of um, positivity online. There's been a lot of kind of community um, outreach. I think online. I know that Gay Times are doing a initiative called Hashtag Undistanced, which is um, daily series of Instagram lives of Q and A's um, with various people with live DJ sets, etc. purely to, to fulfill that purpose of, of making people feel like they're still very much part of a community online when they're very much not physically part of the community that they and their chosen families that they have built up over the years. Yeah, because it's easy to like feel disconnected, especially when it's something that has been like hard won and, and you spend years just like desperate to get out and now you're kind of back in and it is a way going back into the closet. And, you know, so much of the scene, the gay scene is, is especially when you're a little bit younger, it's around going out and meeting people. And, and even if you're meeting people online, then you're sort of meeting them in real life and and all of that is all of a sudden taken away and you're not dancing with all the other gays anymore and you're kind of, you know, it's it's definitely harder. So it's, um, yeah, I think a lot of, luckily a lot of charities and a lot of, um, and a lot of LGBTQ organizations are, are kind of reaching out. And I think it's, it's really important to stay connected in the ways that we can at the moment, which is, you know, through the internet, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's also great, you know, um, with dating apps, even just to use it as a tool to make friends and to yeah. with people that you wouldn't ordinarily go and try to like chat up, but it's just more like not trying to get anything out of this besides just having somebody to talk to, um, which, which is a nice opportunity to meet new people. Yeah. And it's a good time to also catch up on all the millions of nineties lesbian films that, um, <laughs> that you might have missed you know you gotta make you know you gotta you gotta have a bit of an education on on uh on what's the, what's in the past and and the foundations that we were all kind of living on 
So you can kind of get get a bit of <laughs> lesbian media education. You know, rewatch the whole of the L word. That's an option. That's true. That's true. Um, I've been doing a lot of throwback, quarantine throwback viewing, um, some of which I've added onto our Instagram stories, at Selex Podcast. Um, there's something very... Um, very, very important, I think, about like lesbian films of the '90s. Maybe we'll, we'll do a whole other episode on that. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm fully here and happy to to educate um, and give recommendations of '90s films. 90s but VHS films. only, right? I've got. Do you know what? I had to go up in my loft the other day, um, which I told you all about because I was afraid I was going to get stuck in my loft, and because I live alone, I needed <laughs> to like bail me out if I did get stuck. But I didn't get stuck. But while I was up there, I did find my massive box of lesbian VHSs. Nice. Um, and VHS? No, oh, yeah. VHS? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got Go Fish on VHS. I've Amazing. Better Than Chocolate, but I'm a cheerleader. Wow. I've got a very film called Foxfire, starring a post-hackers Angelina Jolie. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Yeah, it's uh, and I've got a pre-hackers Angelina Jolie in a film called Cyborg Two. Oh, I mean, I could talk for days. It this sounds highbrow. It sounds as highbrow as I like them. <laughs> so highbrow, so highbrow. But uh, I just wanted to give a really quick shout out to the LGBT switchboard. Um, we had Tash Walker. Um, from the switchboard on um, a couple of episodes ago to talk about the Logbooks podcast, which is awesome, and you should check that out as well. Uh, but the LGBT switchboard is still opera- very much operating and is there if anybody needs um, any support or anyone to talk to um, during this time for whatever reason, be it your you know, having relationship difficulties with your partner or you're stuck back at home um, with your folks somewhere that you'd rather not be. Uh, give the LGBT switchboard a shout and they'll be able to help you out. Yeah, definitely. They're a great charity. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's check in this time next week and see how everyone's getting on, if there is any news. And uh, and uh, hopefully, um, yeah, everyone's still okay. And we might have new exciting things to talk about. Who knows? I mean, we're going to have to think pretty hard about new and exciting things to talk about because I mean, time is nothing anymore. We could do a whole episode on Tiger King and Carol Baskin. I mean, no, that's I'm not on the Tiger King train. Throwing that out there. <laughs> I, didn't really, I didn't really love it, but I mean, we can. We can. We're open to ideas also. Um, Instagram, Slacks Podcast, and Slacks Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week and hope everyone is staying home, staying safe, and staying healthy. Wash your hands. For the NHS. Woo! Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.